Chapter 27 Spoiler Alert Luke 19, 39 and 40 Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. When you read a story again that you've already read before, it's almost impossible to push the ending out of your mind and just enjoy that present moment of the plot as if you didn't know where it was headed. When you've already seen a scary movie and you watch it again, you know when to hold your breath. When you've already watched one of those suspenseful thrillers with tons of twists and turns and then you watch it again, you go into the movie knowing which character you shouldn't trust. The same is true for the Bible. If you've already read it, and then you read it again, you already know God is going to provide a ram so that Abraham doesn't have to sacrifice Isaac. You already know little David is going to take out Goliath, and you know Daniel is going to get a good night's sleep, even though he's surrounded by lions. You know Nicodemus will wind up loving Jesus, along with a bunch of other hooligans like Zacchaeus and Saul. When you get to Luke chapter 19, you're a week away from the cross. If you've already read it before, you know what's coming. You can assemble that cast of characters in your mind and you know what events to expect. There's a cult, a temple, a dinner, a prayer, a betrayal, an arrest, a trial, a sentence, and on and on into the darkest and most tragic moments of all of history. If you know the story already, you can't approach it with fresh ears as if you don't know where this is all going to go. As I picked up the familiar paragraphs again, I just felt like shaking my head in disbelief. Here we go again, down this awful path. Luke says that Jesus entered the city on the colt of a donkey. Our Lord himself waited at the Mount of Olives while he sent his disciples into the nearest village to get the colt. Apparently, he had already worked out some plan with the animal's owners. There was a password in everything, almost like a spy movie. The guys brought the colt, and Jesus rode it into Jerusalem like some kind of pitiful parody of the way a victorious, conquering military commander would enter the city his forces had just defeated. But instead of a majestic monarch astride a white horse and glinting armor, sweeping through the city streets amid the fanfare of military bands, Jesus entered Jerusalem as a poor peasant preacher sitting on a plain blue-collar pack animal. He was surrounded by adoring crowds, and they even threw their coats on the ground before him and waved palm branches in celebration, but these crowds were made up of healed and reformed outcasts, losers, and lowlifes. To top it all off, Luke tells us that Jesus was crying. Yes, you heard that correctly. Crying. Jesus showed up to his own victory parade, crying in sorrow over all the people who didn't understand who he was and how much he loved them. Luke tells us that the people were singing praises to God and announcing Jesus as their King and Messiah. And even though that sounds like a really great thing, it kind of makes me mad. You see, I've read this story before. 
And I know that even though people were singing his praises as he entered the city, some of them would be in another mob at the end of the week, demanding his crucifixion. As I read the story again about Jesus riding through the crowd in victorious procession, there was this part in me that wanted to warn him, like, Jesus, don't, don't listen to these crowds. They're praising you now, but it's not going to last. They won't stand up for you in your trial. They're all going to run away. Even your own best friends are going to deny and betray you. When the religious leadership told Jesus to silence the people, our Lord refused, saying that if they didn't praise him, the rocks would cry out. And I got to admit, there's a part of me that is thinking, yeah, Jesus, you need to listen to the leadership on this one. Tell all these people to shut up. Let the rocks sing instead. At least the rocks aren't going to betray you. When you already know what's going to happen, you can't ignore the end of the story while you're sitting in the middle of it. I wanted Jesus to silence the crowds because I was thinking of the way the story ended, but then it hit me. Jesus already knew the story as well. He wasn't surprised by what was happening. In fact, he knows more of the story than I do because he knew the story didn't end when those crowds yelled, crucify him. Our Lord knew that Peter's story wasn't over when he denied Jesus. And he knew it wasn't the end when the other disciples ran away after his arrest. Jesus accepted their praise, knowing that their courage would fail and their loyalty would give out because he knew their stories didn't end in those moments of weakness. When the crowds turned against Jesus and his friends left him high and dry, our Lord walked boldly into suffering and death. He knew it was coming. He knew how horrible it would be, and still he bore it with poise and courage. When I think about him allowing a fickle crowd to sing and shout their flimsy songs of worship, I'm actually thankful. After all, Jesus knows my story as well. He knows how many times I have promised to walk with him and then failed. He knows how many times I have lost my nerve and turned my back on him in fear and selfishness. He's always known the true motive of my heart, and yet he accepts me. He loves me and calls me his own because he sees the end of my story. He already knows who I will be when this is all said and done, and he sees the end of your story as well. As the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He already knows where we will all end up by his grace and strength, and he loves us every moment until we get there. For more, get to a quiet place. Read Luke 19, 28 through 42, and Philippians 1, 6. What does it mean to your heart to know that Jesus accepts you even in your worst moments? How does it feel to know that he already sees how you will end up when your story is complete and you are fully grown and mature in him?